0: watch out and be aware of the coping mechanisms in your day-to-day it's not normal and if you can go and find the origin story of that coping mechanism
1: it's liberating you're a high achiever on paper and through the eyes of others you've made it congratulations but the truth is you feel unwanted unworthy and unlovable. You always have, but you hide it well. Welcome to the Trauma Hiders Podcast. I'm Karen Goldfinger-Baker, and this is a podcast where high achievers like you finally reveal what keeps them up at night that no amount of money or recognition will fix. I'm also making it my business to speak with people who get you. Hell, I get you. I am you. Listing the five ways your fuckery is getting in the way of the next level of your success. Grab it now at com. Colin Kingsmill is a transformational coach and founding partner at Whole Human Coaching. He's on a mission to help people discover their humanity in order to change the world. To me, Colin is generosity, curiosity, and most of all, luminosity, and this conversation is filled with revelation, insight, surprise, and intention. My invitation to you is to listen for how we report our lives and what happens when insight opens us up to going deeper into who we are, how we are, and who we want to be in the world. All of this and all of you right here, right now in the Trauma Hiders Club. Helen, I'm so glad you're here.
0: Thank you i'm glad I'm really glad to be here. it's It's a super pleasure, and I'm really looking forward to diving into into everything.
1: yeah. I joined this thing called Pod Match, so if anybody's listening who doesn't know what that is, which is probably all of you because I certainly didn't know what it was until I knew what it was, it's sort of like Tinder for pod hosts and pod guests. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> that's right. Colina and, and I both are not of the age of Tinder. So it's interesting to be, I'd be curious to hear from those who are using Tinder or any kind of dating app, like the psychology behind swiping, because it's for me, it's like, Oh, that person has, has a really interesting story. And like my heart, you know, I feel like my heart swell, but then I think, but that's not really the mission and purpose of this podcast, you know, and I, and so I have to pass.
0: Yeah. I I think pod match is probably a little slightly less superficial than, than, than Tinder. Right. <laughs> right. Like it, like it, I think it goes, I think the algorithm goes through quite a few, quite a few variables to match yeah. you yeah. as opposed to this, you know, this is what you look like. Right. Uh, swipe the other. I don't know which way you're supposed to swipe, but you know yeah, what I mean? I don't either. Um, I don't either.
1: <laughs> no, we get to either message, message or pass or maybe it's a message or pass I don't know anyway we matched
0: yes we did (laughs) we matched
1: I guess as host it's up to me to say yes I want to talk to this person that's right yeah so many of my guests have been either people I know or referred by people I know so it's fun to like get to know somebody for the first time and jump in it's really it's really cool
0: yeah, it's like it's jumping it's jumping into the deep end. Yeah. We don't we don't really know each other. Right. We know a sprinkling of seasoning about each other so uh
1: Yeah, that's about it.
0: Sometimes in coaching that's that's the best way, right? Cuz I come in I'm I I, love right, that. I I come in with no pre anything, right? Right, no pre- not pre- even
1: no agenda, no program, no 10-step method for you to get exactly. your shit together.
0: No. Nope. Exactly. By the
1: way, if anybody does offer you that people run very far (laughs) any kind of 10 yeah 10 steps to uh new you no there are no 10 steps you know them that person doesn't so okay colin yes here we are in the trauma hiders club tell me what are you most hiding right now
0: oh that's an interesting question i mean if you had asked me six months ago
1: i didn't i'm asking you right now
0: i'm not hiding anything now no i've had some great experiences recently that have pushed me to finally be myself be my authentic self speak my truth say no and or say yes when i want to say no a lot more a lot more
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so i'm i don't know i don't i can't think of anything that i'm hiding but but you know for 50 plus years, I was really good at hiding stuff from myself. So that may come out of the conversation.
1: Right. Something that we both know from coaching is the answer isn't always the answer, right? Like I'm not hiding anything is not necessarily the answer, especially I think that this is, a, that this is an important distinction, that the I'm getting to know myself, I've gotten to know myself, I'm practicing being who I am, fully expressed, Mm -hmm. there's a point where we haven't practiced all of our being, right? So there's still those holdbacks that we haven't unearthed and brought into the universe yet. I can only speak from my Mm -hmm. own experience, that there are parts of me that as long as I have been, quote-unquote, practicing being fully me, There are parts that are way down deep that I am either not aware of, and I don't know. I might call them something else as they bubble up, right? I might call them like anger or repulsion. I I could name a whatever, disappointment, whatever. And as they start to come up, I didn't know I was hiding them until I was even aware of them.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. I I mean, I had that experience last September, right? Mm -hmm. When I was given this gift of letters that I was really never supposed to read.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that.
0: It it was the end of it was August or September last year. And my father came to visit from the West Coast and brought me a, a, a gift. And the gift was a pack of letters that my mother had written her best friend but written them 45 years ago. And they stayed in that friend's house and then somehow got to my father's house. And he he brought them to me last summer on his first visit to the East Coast after moving here from Europe. And I opened it because my mother died, passed away a few years ago. And so he thought that was, you know, it was a beautiful tribute. And I was an only child and she was an only child. So it was a small family and, and, and I was really connected to her. And the letters, the letters. I only looked at a couple, but they remind. Not they didn't remind. Yeah, I remembered by starting to look at them of that that era in my life from sort of five to twelve. That was awful. I was uh, alone. Uh, We lived far away from anybody else. We lived differently than anybody else my father was an artist and my mother you know just turned into a hippie I, I think so we were living this sort of bohemian life in the forest when everybody else was just kind of getting on your quote unquote normal mm. so i was alone and i was different and then there was a divorce and we moved to europe
1: you and your mother moved me to me and europe? my
0: mother my mm-hmm. mother and i moved to europe and she dropped me off at school the first day Uh, She dropped me off at school and I didn't know the language.
1: Where were you in Europe?
0: It was in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. So again, beautiful. Yeah. But, but here I am, this sort of 10 year old being dropped off at school. I don't know Italian. I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends. I mean, I could, I could, I could go on and on, but those sort of, those sort of seven years of being different, being alone, being in a family where there was financial distress and the funny thing the, the funny thing is the sad thing is you know my, my I could see my grandmother come and she would arrive with her fur coats and abundance you know and I'm like what's going on like why can't like we can't pay for groceries and but we could like what's the matter here <laughs> So it was just years of financial instability, loneliness by myself. And all of that pain came crashing down in September, October. I had never recognized it. And I look back at my life now and it's like, oh, that's why I decided I needed to be wealthy. And I decided I needed to be accepted and I needed to be, I don't want to say famous, but Admired and revered, and you know all this stuff, right? So I I was sitting there in September, going, my whole life has been framed by an unrecognized trauma.
1: Hmm. Yeah,
0: I immediately, because of the profession I'm in, I'm I dove into, you know, some therapy sessions. I dove into uh, coaching. I dove into reading. I wasn't going to let this, I wasn't going to let me be a victim. Mm. So I didn't. And uh, the gift turned out to be amazing because the way I kind of confronted it and dove into it and tore it up and and, and ate it alive.
1: I'm going to stop you there for one second. I get that you are in the space, right? The Mm -hmm. reflection, self-awareness, personal growth, professional Mm -hmm. growth. Was there anything at all that scared you about diving in before you did?
0: No, uh, it was, it wasn't, it, I, I wasn't scared. I was unconscious about it. I mm. wasn't aware. Now, what mm. I was scared of was saying no to people, was disappointing people, was um financial insecurity. So I would be having... You know, I would have panic attacks because, you know, I wake up in three in the morning thinking I would lose everything.
1: Yeah. Right? So that was the that was the before.
0: That was the before. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that was the before. OK.
0: But I didn't know where all of that came from.
1: Yeah. You didn't know the origin. Of- so when if you go back to when you were a kid. Mm hmm. Um, And you're living in Switzerland and you don't have money for groceries. Like, were you told Colin, we can't eat or how did you know?
0: No. So, so the one memory I have is I remember sort of, and this was pre Switzerland because in Switzerland, it was kind of like the light started, you know, there's, you know, mom got a job We, she was back home. You know, her mother was there. She was doing everything she was supposed to money. All of a sudden started to flow. There was no more sort of the guilt trap um and manipulation around that subject matter but i remember being a very small child and mom being at the grocery store on bowen island you know off of vancouver and i remember she couldn't pay for food
1: Mm, okay so you were very young yeah very
0: young was probably six six years six years old or something like that six or seven
1: so you're at the store she gets the groceries and they say no go
0: yeah yeah I don't recall the details past that, how that got resolved. Yeah. But, uh, you know, ultimately we ate. Yeah. So that was, that would have been the first. So it was all subliminal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She did everything she could, or they did everything they could to make me, you know, I had my, I had a, we built a new house and I had the paint that I wanted, but I had no curtains. Right. And it was dark outside. And we we're in the eight acres of forest. So yeah, everything, everything seemed perfect, but I was alone and afraid just in complete sort of, complete sort of isolation, I guess. Yeah. and Not, not, not from my parents. I mean, they're lovely, beautiful people. It was just me. I was all by myself.
1: Yeah. On the one hand, that imagery of no curtains on the one hand it's like, well, there's eight acres. We're in the woods. No one's going to see anything. And And at the on the other hand, it's, there's no safety for you.
0: Oh God, exactly. Yeah, Exactly. And I carried that for a long, long time too. I carried, uh, I carried fear of water. I think I had so many experiences that, that, I mean, maybe today would be sort of, oh, wow, that's super cool, natural. And but i saw jaws at the movie theater and then the next day my mother took me for swimming lessons on an island in the ocean <laughs> right it's like did did you not think that, that this would make me i don't know traumatized because right. of trauma
1: right especially as a kid
0: yeah i've never swum again i just you, know, I you haven't it. no 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 I'll, oh, i can be on a boat huh yeah so 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 it's interesting that gift it, it, it was like running a train into a wall for me last september
1: why did your dad give you the letters i i get that like legacy and oh, link to yeah. the past. why did he give you those letters
0: my dad's an artist mm. and he's a very uh nostalgic guy Maybe nostalgic is not the right word, but he has a he has an incredible love for books, and memories and records and diaries, and has an incredible collection of all of those things. So for him, it was just absolutely natural that this was a you know a treasure from my mom to give to me. I don't think he read them.
1: That's what I was going to ask. Right? There was more than there. There was unhappiness and mm, calling yeah, out more. of. Behaviors and all oh, yeah. sorts of yeah.
0: All sorts of stuff that I mean they were they were kids, right? I mean, he my mom was like in her early twenties and he was sort of 28. I mean, they're children. I don't think he read them. He probably wouldn't have given to them to me if he had. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, it's not in his nature to do something like that to to hurt me. He would have never done that. He never has. He's always been. Very supportive of anything I've wanted to do to a fault, almost, you know. So, yeah, they were a gift of memory and of history, but he didn't know the story that Mm -hmm. was in there. He lived it, but he didn't know it. Right. It was documented in there. Yeah.
1: Or he doesn't know that you know it now.
0: I told him. uh, Oh, okay. I I did. I did tell him. Yeah. Because he saw a shift in me as well. He saw. He saw me lighter and lighten up wow. and come back to life, kind of, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So let's say you never got those letters, right? And you're you have the lived experience of being who you are, and these things come up for you. You know, you're having panic attacks and these fears that you didn't know at the time, but stem from lack. Mm-hmm. Confusion, chaos, loneliness, loneliness, yeah. lack of safety. Yep. If we could roll back the tape and see how that was playing out, other than the we know about the panic attack around money. Who would we see you showing up as?
0: Well, externally, I would have been on it, I would have been with it, I would have been there for you, I would have been an overachiever, I would have been a superachiever on the flip side i i would have been uh, depressed i would have still been having panic attacks i would have been using coping mechanisms like alcohol to numb or dull mm-hmm. that pain and i don't do any of that anymore it all just disappeared yeah i mean that's the crazy thing and that's kind of i guess maybe you'll ask me this but but i'll preempt it that's the message that i want to give to your to your listeners, is watch out and be aware of the coping mechanisms in your day-to-day. It's not normal. And if you can go and find the origin story of that coping mechanism, it's liberating.
1: Mm. So when you say coping mechanism, do you mean drinking, drugs?
0: Uh, Drinking, I don't do drugs, but I mean, certainly there was. There's been times in my life where it's appeared. You know, mm-hmm. you live in London, and you know, you try and fit in. Yeah. So, I don't know if that was coping or recreation. Or maybe a bit of both, but certainly, you know, depression. Mm-hmm. Right, like depression is a is a byproduct of you not. I think anyway, I mean, I'm not a specialist, but everything I'm reading, it's a byproduct of you not living your authentic self, right? It's that disconnect. And I certainly know that my depression, and it came in waves, it came kind of came and went three or four times, but it was always because I was not being authentic to who I was and what my needs were and what my boundaries were and that's all because of that all because of that trauma yeah that that went unrecognized
1: so to go back to my question of who if we could roll back the tape so we would have seen perfect colin who had it all together Right. Like we might admire you. You have it so together. You can lead and you can chain. You can be oh, the change yeah. and you can say the things and wear the stuff and drive the cars and live in the house. Right. All of it. Yep. Yep. Check, check, and check, check, check. People pleaser. Yep. People. Yeah. People pleaser. But probably I'm guessing. Tell me if this is right. Hmm. People pleaser, but not doormat people pleasing.
0: Oh, No. No, definitely not. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've I got enough of a personality not to be a doormat, but overextending myself. Yeah. yeah. So saying, yes,
1: mm-hmm. I can do
0: that for you. Yes, I can help you putting others first. Right. So not putting the oxygen mask on me, but, you know, doing everybody else on the plane before myself. So, yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. All like <laughs> classic trauma hiders behaviors and oh, okay <laughs> and the profile absolutely uh, yeah
0: well yep. i'm sure if you rattled off a few more not symptoms but signals
1: okay so here's uh, a signal i've got them all yeah yeah tell me if you experienced this all of that looks really good right all of all of those behaviors to to the external world looks really good were you aware inside of the how out of alignment you were Did you have an internal story of, but actually you're a unworthy, unlovable, unwanted piece of shit? Uh,
0: It's interesting because I kind of have two chapters in my life. Mm -hmm. the The first chapter of education, getting married, uh, becoming an entrepreneur, financial service, like that whole thing up till up till I was about thirty five. I was so unaware, like sleepwalking. Okay. The only thing that I wanted to do was check the boxes. That's right. Okay. It's like, go to school. All right. Done that. Oh, okay. Now you need to get an MBA. Oh, yeah, done that. Oh, now, now you need to get a wife. Oh, yeah, had done that. Now you need to get into, you know, banking and wear a suit and a tie. The antithesis of my upbringing, right? It, it was like, it was like, I went as mm. far the other way as you could, right? Until one, until about 2001, where my body just shut me down. Mm. It just stopped me. And my friends kind of took me by the hand and said, did you this is you too stressed out. You need to see a psychiatrist, you need to do Reiki, you need like, somebody who was slightly more aware than me said, you need to, to control yourself, because I was like spinning out of control, speeding to Milan, having dinner at Giorgio Armani's restaurant. He was the at the front door. Then I'd speed down here and drive there. I mean, mental. So I hit the wall. I had a, I had a spiritual awakening, and then I started to read, and and dive into all of that. After mm-hmm. I moved back, I moved back. I gave everything away. I walked away from I walked away from everything and, and restarted everything in Vancouver and started to dive into, you know, who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? What's this all about? I walked into the, you know, a spiritual bookshop for the first time and I picked up everything, you know, Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle, They just came out with the power of now, you know, all that everything. And I and I changed careers. I got into something that was much more tangible, you know, real estate and development and international real estate. And I loved architecture. I loved design. And so it was, it really resonated with me, all of that, the the new world order that I was, that I was doing, but it still creeped up on me because I didn't embody, I read everything. I knew everything. I mean, you can see the books behind me. There's more over there. There's more over there. I knew the content, but I didn't get it here and here and yeah.
1: I so get that.
0: Really? Okay, yeah.
1: I so get that, yes. I often, because I did this to myself, I often put my clients on a book ban. Stop Mm. fucking reading. Yeah. Stop it. And I did this to me, mostly around when I was building my coaching practice. I read every fucking book about (laughs) business building. (laughs) Every one of it, And that's when I realized shit one my amazon bill is humongous i'm put i'm the, i am personally responsible for putting local bookstores out of business because i have to have the books immediately and i read everything but mm. i was doing nothing i was being nobody yeah and yes. that's when i was like shit hold on i can consume content for the rest of my life nothing will change yeah until i do Yes. Yeah. So I totally, I get You're that. You're just a
0: consumer, yeah. uh, right? Yes. Things like mindfulness or, mm-hmm. you know, the the how meditation can change you. Well, I only just, I mean, I've been reading about it for 20, no 20 years now. Yeah, it's 20 years now. And honestly, only about six months ago did it, did mindfulness and meditation kick in, mm. which is interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can tell I you mean, meditation has not kicked in over here. Mindfulness, yes.
0: I highly recommend, not the, you don't have to buy it, but the Waking Up app by Sam Harris.
1: Yeah, he's mentioned that when we were getting right. to know each other. That's a cool right. one, the Waking Up app. I'm going to take a look at that. I've used Calm. That was my, you know, you can do a three-minute or a 10-minute. So uh, I think I've mentioned this before on my podcast. If I haven't, here goes. This is the truth about karen goldfinger baker and meditating if it's a 10 minute thing nine minutes 30 seconds are spent on judging myself about what a shitty meditator i am Mm -hmm. and then 30 seconds are okay go back go back to breath and you are meditating karen right and in the last 30 seconds i'm like yes i'm so i'm getting it and then it's over
0: (laughs) I was exactly the same, you mm-hmm. know, fidgeting, fidgeting all the way um, for some reason, Sam Harris is, and, and, and you, and there's tons of content on that, on that app, but all you have to do is start with the 10 minute meditation that he's got and it's guided and it, it's non-denominational. So there's mm-hmm. no, I mean, he's agnostic, so it's really just pragmatic and straightforward and simple. And I think the, the different, and I don't want to plug any apps here but i think the difference with calm was just that there was so many voices on it and so many people and so many options and so you know celebrities and singers telling you like fuck off right like right i don't need somebody in that in that space and place telling me to calm down or whatever but sam sam just really resonated
1: nice maybe that's a thing
0: i think the difference is the 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 noise and the celebrity and the
1: mm-hmm.
0: all that stuff just got in the way of just all right this is really simple actually just sit here close your eyes and listen to my voice okay that works now I do up to, I, I do up to an hour every day twenty minutes to an hour love it love it now
1: okay we're gonna check that out waking up
0: mm, try wow. it.
1: Yeah, maybe I need (laughs) it. It worked for me. It worked for you. It can work for anybody. It worked worked for me. So I was actually going to jump ahead and, um, jump ahead to today, but here's what I want to know. In the process of discovery, right? So you've got the letters. Now you're, oh, I'm really curious. All this shit in my life is starting to make sense. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you went to, so you had some therapy.
0: Yes, I did four sessions.
1: Was there a specific modality like EMDR or what did you do?
0: No, it was really I did nothing special. It was uh, I went I used um a platform called Inkblot Therapy, which I think is like better help in the in the US. Ooh. Uh Inkblot Therapy, I think it's based in Canada. I just went and found a local, a local therapist who we still, we still did it online, but I found somebody uh, who was a trauma and loss specialist
1: uh, because
0: I thought, I thought because mom died, like my mom died, my grandma died, my cat died, like somebody else, like it was like concentrated amount of grief and death and change. And you and were loss. in the pandemic.
1: And so yeah. there was like just loss and grief. Everywhere. Oh, my other
0: grandmother died. Yeah. It was, it was a like, Lots of death that, and for an only child with nobody to talk to really, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got people, but, but that happened. So I thought, okay, trauma and loss, that seems like a good combo. (laughs) And uh, and it really was. She supercharged me. I I was going to do RTT, rapid transformational therapy, but it took like three months to get the appointment. And then her father died. So Mm. I didn't, I didn't do it but I almost felt like I didn't need to at that point because I really, I dove into therapy. I dove into some coaching and uh, I brushed up on a couple of books that I knew were good reference points, like Gabor Maté's new book, the myth of normal, Mm -hmm. uh, which specifically about unrecognized trauma. Uh, That was it. That was all I needed.
1: Mm, Nice. Nice. And in your coaching sessions, what do you want to tell us? <laughs> I have all sorts of
0: questions. <laughs> no. I mean in coaching, I'm using this now in coaching because mm-hmm. I'm recognizing in I'm recognizing myself in my younger clients who are maybe just getting out of university, starting their first career, and they are making decisions through the lens of a, an earlier childhood trauma. And I get them there. We go straight there.
1: What do you ask? How do you how do you get to that?
0: Typically, there will be like a surface question, or, you know, a career change. I'm nervous about this. I'm scared about this. I need to do some planning. We get to the essence of it really quickly, which is who you're trying to please here, right? And what are you afraid of? And then the second question is, where is that coming from? Mm. What What conditioning is that coming from? Where do you think it's coming from, do you think? And then... Uh, oh, but maybe I don't know. But, but and then uh, then my third question is, is is find the time, find the moment where you first started acting this way. And usually it will be early childhood development. Usually there will be something like a divorce, or there will be a fighting parents, or there will just be a bit of dysfunction where somebody, you know, the the oldest child decides that she needs to take over from the parents because for some reason maybe they're not coping or she perceives or he perceives them not to be coping we get there and it's like and 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 you can see the aha moment right it's like oh yeah you know i'm doing this cuz i i i was managing the family at 9 years old right and now that's translating into my my new career and my new professional career i'm doing the same thing in the office So my question to to that person is, all right, um, that was the past, right? You can decide right now if you want to continue with that conditioning in your career, but ask yourself, is it serving you? And is it serving you? And I use the analogy, I use the analogy metaphor, I use the metaphor of a gas tank, right? How much energy are you expending on an activity that is rooted in another scenario in the past? And often, often it dissolves pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, it's the dragging in. My clients, and probably on the show too, I often use the analogy of a boyfriend or girlfriend in the past who did you wrong. And it's in the current relationship that that person who loves you and is whole and is yeah. doing all the right things, that person suffers. That, yeah. right? Right, that's dragging your shit into today. Yes, it's that thing.
0: That's why my, my whole thing now is deconstruct to reconstruct.
1: So nice, right? It's moving the shit over. Yeah. You see it, be willing to take a look. Yep. And then moving it over. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just curious if you have done any inner child work, like the five to 12 year old,
0: uh, interesting. No, I haven't.
1: Yeah, it's it. It might be an interesting place to look. Hmm. Yeah, and even even as you as you mentioned these clients, your inner child, all of our inner children, often, especially given trauma, are often the ones driving our bus. Oh,
0: really? Interesting.
1: Yeah. And now, you know, as we begin to become more self-aware and heal various parts of ourselves, it's less and less that they have access to the keys. However, there are situations where until we can make them feel safe enough and know that we are fully capable adults, until they know that, they won't move over. They will not move over.
0: That's really interesting. That's really interesting. I think I think I've done that work almost subconsciously possibly and and maybe only partially I'm going to I'm going to look into it I moved back to Canada consciously last year um after 12 years in Europe that were fantastic but I wanted to come home and it's it's home both physically and mentally mhm and the really funny thing is like from zero to five, that was amazing. You know, I was animals and and I had friends, but they were like adults. And those years I love, I love those years. I have great memories of those years. And I actually I had younger friends too, that are still fr- friends today. But, you know, I had this red barn one in those years and it's so funny, Karen, I've got a red barn again. And I didn't didn't click until we moved in and I kind of settled down a little bit last September and it's like, oh, hold on. I almost recreated my pre-trauma mm-hmm. scenario. Yeah. So that's interesting. I should I'm going to look into this in the inner child piece because I I I think that might be You know, something fun to uncover and dive into.
1: I'm happy to talk about it with you offline more. I mean at any point. But yeah. I will leave you with a we're not gonna end yet, but I'll leave you with a practice if you want. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'd love I'd love it.
1: Around inner child work. Mm. As you mentioned, your dad is an artist. Are you at all artsy? No. (laughs) Is it ever fun for you? No. Okay.
0: But But I think maybe that's a bit of inner child work that I need to do because I've almost sort of shunned anything creative. And even even to some degree, the book now is I'm almost not allowing myself to do the edits. You know, I'm almost finding excuses to...
1: You're writing a book and you're working with a writing coach and... You've done a first draft. I've yeah. done the
0: first draft. She's done the first developmental edit. She's told me, you know, to the, the homework that I have to do and the, the the reworking that I have to do, the retooling that I have to do. But I'm finding resistance to it because it is a creative process. And I'm 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 like not, not the creative guy. I'm like Mr. Pragmatic. But I'm really good. The, my creativity comes out in business. Mm-hmm. So I'm really good at sort of strategic you know sales marketing branding things that are difficult i will figure out a solution that that i'm really very creative at
1: yeah so i have a hunch yeah that you can stay in that place and be really creative with more <laughs> business creativity yeah. and strategy
0: uh, yeah
1: but you're not going to grow right because you've done that you like you already have the gold medal of all of that so yeah just a potential fun or not so fun something a plate it doesn't even have to be fun we don't know yet um do you have like craft type stores around you
0: oh yeah absolutely Okay, cool
1: great so uh, something this is something that i did okay when i was doing inner child work Mm. and that was i took my inner child so that's me went to one of those big crafty stores and my intention was for my inner child to choose what lit her up mm. now it could have been a stuffed animal right it didn't have to be a crafty thing but it turned out it was it did turn out to be these like pests i forgot what they're called they're they're like chalk in a way but they don't roll I think they're called pastels we used them in elementary school yeah and I got a few sketchbooks and I just started drawing Mm. and once I started doing it and it didn't have to be good right like no judgment there once I started doing it I didn't want to stop and yeah and what I started to this was actually before I launched my podcast what I started to do was try to identify the profile of people I wanted to hear from on my podcast and I would draw them Mm. based on what I was reading about them or even a headshot or something like that. So it it just became this connection to an adult decision that I had made, which is I'm on a mission to normalize a conversation around trauma. I created the thing that wasn't there when I needed it when I was 10 years old and sexually abused, right? I am have this podcast So I'm going to find joy, if I can, I mean, maybe, in this drawing thing that's around that.
0: That's so interesting you say that. Like, the floodgates in my mind have Mm -hmm. just just gone because I wanted to be an architect as a child.
1: Oh, but you're not creative.
0: (laughs) And I remember so so I took a drafting architectural class in, in like grade 10 or something like that. And the guy told me my, my idea was too ambitious, mm. was too creative. Like I wouldn't be able to finish it in the year. Right. And so he made me draw a, a you know, blueprints at that time we had to do them by hand and everything. He made me do like a two car garage suburban house. And I'm like, if that's architecture, you can fuck yourself. I don't want to. I, yep. I had drawn a courtyard, sort of Pompeii Roman style box with walls on the outside. Maybe there's, that's a metaphor for for my walls, but mm-hmm. it was it was uh, just as I thought it was this incredible architectural masterpiece, and it was all focused inward on the gardens and and uh, maybe that's why I love staples and just like pencils and pens and and my dad even gave me a drafting table around that era and i just that teacher just ended that for me so uh i should take that up again
1: yeah so (laughs) who knows maybe maybe your thing is is just that it's you'll go into that store and find graph paper and whether it's just coloring in the little blocks that are on the graph paper who knows Um, I do want to mention the walls of your Pompeian uh, genre architecture. Those are your curtains that you never had.
0: Uh, Yeah. 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 That's uh, interesting. Interesting how you've closed this circle. Mm. Uh, Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that nugget of inner childhood work and, um, I'm going to go to Staples this afternoon.
1: <laughs> How nice! That'll be great. <laughs> nice, I love it. What's been most helpful for you being here in the Trauma Hiders Club? I think
0: just uh, I I I think it's so important to share, have conversations around this this stuff. That, at least for guys, is even maybe even more taboo. I don't know. Maybe that's a stupid, a stupid um, blanket statement, but. I really wish somebody had talked to me about these things so much earlier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, what is the root of this? I don't want a an antidepressant or a lorazepam or another drink. Where is, wh- why are you coping? You know, so I think it's wonderful what you're doing because we just got to talk about these things and we don't. We don't, right. Not enough, not enough about mental health, not about, about trauma. And then we, you know, we go through life and. See the fucked up world that we're living in because everybody is every it's everybody's got this stuff right,
1: right. It's That's not... why we're
0: here. So my mission is, I am on a mission to help people rediscover their humanity. You know, like let's get that back.
1: We're, we are aligned. We are aligned. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. For me, humanity is surrender acceptance decide
0: we're all one yeah the thing that's making me crazy these days is all these divisions and labels and this and that and alphabet soups and and it's like i embrace and i encourage individuality and yours everybody's a beautiful thing but we're all one Mm -hmm. and i think we're i think we've forgotten that we're all one We're on a tiny rock spinning at, you know, 1600 kilometers an hour uh, through the universe. Like, get it, you know, get your shit together, people. (laughs) Like, like, do you realize how crazy this is? And we take it for granted, I think. Right.
1: At that rate, at that spinning, it's a blip in time. So, fucking enjoy it. Yeah. Be at peace with yourself and others because. It's not here forever.
0: Blink of an eye.
1: Kumbaya to us. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, this was, I'm so glad you were here. What a joy to be with you.
0: Ah, that was wonderful. The feeling is mutual. I appreciate the call, the chat. You have have ignited something inside me. I I didn't know was there. So Mm -hmm.
1: uh, welcome to the Trauma Hiders Club. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. You've initiated me. Here you are. <laughs> You've been listening to the Trauma Hiders Club podcast. For more episodes, head over to my website where you'll find links to resources mentioned and all the ways you can listen on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're ready to fight, discover the rules of Trauma Club. Head over to com.